the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back this Friday, June 24th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. 602-508-0960 is the number if you'd like to weigh in. It is a delight and a privilege and an honor to have in studio with us. He joins us every Friday, George Kaloff. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital. Uh, we usually get him by phone today, uh, knowing it was going to be a day pregnant with issues. Pardon the pun. Uh, he thought we'd we thought we'd have him in studio. So George, welcome to the studio. It's lovely having you here. Always good to be on with you guys, Seth. It's a big day. Now I got to tell you, let's talk about the Supreme Court decision and invite callers if they want to weigh in as well. But I have to tell you, as you know, some months ago I was very concerned about how uh, an overturning of Roe versus Wade would play out in the November elections. Would it energize the Democratic base? Would Republicans be caught fat, flat-footed? Uh, my own uh, my own predilections are at this point that I think is that I think the Democrats overshot it um, with the leak and that maybe people aren't tuning in to their crying of wolf as much. But you tell me, uh, because this is just one day and one week and one month, uh, October's around the corner, as is uh, the first few days of November, too. Who's going to be more energized after this decision and who will benefit politically more so, do you think? Yeah, and I, I think it's actually interesting. The leak almost diffused what would have been intense surprise that would have come right away. And with that leak, though, it allowed the right and the pro-life movement to really rev up. And, and again, we've been preparing for this for years, right? 49 years, some of us, uh, me, not nearly that long. Um, but uh, so many people, this is why they do what they do in the political movement. And so, look, it's going to energize the left. We know that. There's already an, an immense amount of calls to violence. There's more people than I can count on one hand that have staffed up and are spending considerable money uh, to find uh, off-duty police officers to protect their offices and their pregnancy centers because we know the violence is real, but the right is energized. I mean, all day, this is all that's been on my social media, Facebook, Twitter, conversations in our office. This is a big deal, Seth, as you know, for a lot of people, and this is the heart beat, again, no pun intended for our movement. It's a long road to November, but this is going to be a factor in the election, and it's going to continue being a factor because people like Gavin Newsom and Governor Murphy in New Jersey are just saying outlandishly crazy things in response. Yeah, the, the overplaying of the hand uh, that I think maybe the Democrats engaged in here, yes, of course, with the leak originally, um, and, you know, how many bites at the apple does a party get on this? Because it seemed to me their thought was this will energize everything. I don't know if they tripped over themselves with their messaging by going immediately from the Dobbs leak to January 6th. I don't know if they're going to find some kind of hypocritical pushback as they're going through the January 6th hearings while they're calling for violence on the other hand. But it just seems to me that the Democrats blew it. They just seem to have blown it on the on the politics of this court decision. Yeah. And, and look, as we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before, uh, there's no consistency for what they're wanting. Right. right? Uh, our side is we're not them. We're not crazy. We're focused on things that you care about. 
their side is today guns, tomorrow Dobbs, the day after January 6th, the day after some other calamity, the day after pretending like gas prices isn't, you know, whatever, the day after pretending like, oh, we saved five cents on your Thanksgiving meal. If you remember that from November, you should be excited. There's no consistency there. They're in leadership. They're in charge. They reap what they sow. And so if there are if there's violence that happens this weekend and if, God forbid, something happens to anyone uh, and a life is taken this weekend, it's going to have impacts. Because as we talked about last week, when Nancy Pelosi was asked, right, about, well, do you, you know, do you condone or do you condemn the violence? She said a woman has a right to choose. That was her response. Right. That's right. Right. That's tacit saying, hey, it's it's not bad because this is such a big deal. They're already prepping down to the state capitol near where our office is and they've got roads blocked off and i saw people already with signs as a prayer um chain link that's happening tomorrow um everyone is focused on this and the left as have as they have on many issues they overplayed it yeah the fencing around the supreme court in washington dc is not to protect against pro-lifers yeah exactly and 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 the boarded up uh, the boarded-up buildings that I'm reading about in Texas and New York, the crisis pregnancy centers and the added security, it's not because of pro-lifers. Uh, George, when Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren say that the Supreme Court acted against the majority uh, sentiment in this country, uh, the majority popular will in this country, aside from the fact that they seem to misunderstand what a court is for, you're you're the pollster par excellence. How does the American public view issues on abortion? It's not to me so clear cut as to say it's a pro-life or pro-choice country. It really kind of matters on what you're asking and what process you're describing. It's not 100 percent. And actually, just to touch on your first point, because it's actually exceptionally critical. The court has become way too much that they have to then proceed or, or not proceed, sorry, come after culture. So it's like, well, we can't make a decision. And there's this idea that the court should be in lockstep with culture. No, the court should be in lockstep with the Constitution. Right. Culture in the 1970s, when this thing was concocted out of thin air, wasn't that we didn't have a pro-choice culture. They willed it to be so. But in reverse, and it has anything to do with our issues, uh, they ignore it. So on that point, from a from a research perspective, Planned Parenthood and all of their cronies have spent billions of dollars to ensure that people misunderstand wholeheartedly what Roe v. Wade means. And so, yes, right now, if you poll today, yesterday, a year from you know, a year ago. Do you support the overturning of Roe v. Wade or not? The majority of people say no. But when you actually peel back the onion, they have no idea. They think that Roe v. Wade is some limited allowance of abortion. They don't understand that it allows states like California and New York to kill children up until birth and actually uh, after oftentimes. That's a big problem. That's not a fair and accurate representation of where the electorate is. The majority of people want at a minimum some limitations, and that's a critical point that they are not willing to admit. Yeah, when that's that's well stated. When 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 Elizabeth Warren or Nancy Pelosi uh, speak generically about abortion rights, uh, what people I want people to understand, what you want people to understand, is they are including those processes. They are including the partial birth abortion. They are including post post birth abortions, the right to quote unquote an effective abortion. That is what Roe led to, and 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 there has never been majoritarian sentiment on that. I've never seen a poll that showed less than sixty percent opposing those kinds of procedures. So they start off their position with a lie. And then they go straight to fear because the next line, I've seen it from Nancy Pelosi today. I've seen it from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The next line they say is that this will threaten all women's lives, all women's lives. That's just not – even if you buy the fact that abortion is protective of women's lives, you are going to have states – you mentioned two of them – that are probably going to expand abortion rights. Yeah, and apparently – 
and apparently start spending their taxpayer dollars to ship people from Arizona, right? So Arizona people don't, I mean, sometimes I forgot. I saw the map. We're sandwiched between New Mexico, which has a lot of abortion rights, California, Nevada now because of their new leadership. It's just us in Utah, and we're in a sea, frankly, of people that have horrific abortion laws. Uh, It has now become a state issue, right? Now, look, are we going to see federal movement on some of these things? Potentially. There's always been a federal role for this, the Hyde Amendment and others, but it very much now is a state issue. And so, yeah, we are going to have that. Now, we're also going to see corporations that are going to get into the middle of it. Look, it's going to be fascinating is the wrong word, but for lack of a better word, it's going to be fascinating how the next six to 12 to 18 months play out and the dividing lines that people take. This is an animating issue. And I just pray that our movement, the pro-life movement, continues to lead by example. The whole reason why we believe what we believe, it's because it's good for women, it's good for babies, it's good for families, it's good for society. And we need to lead with that and not resort to the sheer anger and the apparently uh, people, you know, a friend of mine called me from in front of the Supreme Court this morning and they were just standing a whole litany of them on the left and just flipping off the Supreme Court building as if that was going to get them anywhere. That's the amount of range that they have. Oh, listen to this. You want a little audio cut? We'll call this production, uh, production value. Here's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in front of the Supreme Court with a bullhorn this morning. Listen to this. People do what they do. Illegitimate, illegitimate, into the streets, into the streets. Calling a Supreme Court decision illegitimate and telling people to go to the streets. Yeah, It's a little stronger than march peacefully and patriotically, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Again, if the Supreme Court makes a decision that they don't like, it's illegitimate. If the Supreme Court makes a decision that they do like, it's legitimate. When the Supreme Court doesn't do what they like and it's illegitimate, then they want to pack it so they can get what they want. No, they weren't saying that, not to bring in a whole other related issue, but when Obergefell came down or when Justice Roberts um, didn't gut Obamacare and conservatives were mad, what did we do? Did we light things on fire? We no. sent faxes. Yeah, we sent emails and faxes. (laughs) That's just not the behavior of conservatives. And and again, Seth, we're we're, we're better for that. That's not how we're going to behave. But it is unbelievable that they are allowed to behave that way and are given cover by their allies in the media and Wolk Hollywood. Well stated. George Kaloff is our guest. We are delighted to take your calls. If you have any questions uh, you want to, or, or thoughts on this or anything with regard to our political season, which we're going to get into a little bit more this hour with George as well, the number is 602-508. Zero nine six zero. I don't know where the phrase barrier to entry came from, but I can't spend one day of my life without now hearing that anymore. Barrier to entry, barrier to entry. The barrier to entry to this show is just simply dialing 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth. 602-508-0960 is our number. George Kaloff is our guest in studio. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital. Uh, the Resolute Group is your consulting firm. Data Orbital is your polling and analysis and econometrics firm, I suppose one yes. might say. Yeah, correct. Uh, we'll, we'll go to calls in a minute, George. I see that uh, a few folks are calling in, and we'll, and we'll get their take together. But... Abortion being one issue that is going to play out in our politics, especially this November. The other one is uh, Second Amendment rights. Uh, Tocqueville noticed this as far back ago, uh, as long ago as the 19th century when he said that there's hardly a political question in America that doesn't end up in the courts. We kind of wanted that not to be the case yes. by design, but he was absolutely right in the observation then, and it hasn't changed since. 
but I always thought, and we've discussed this before, but I always thought when it came to the Second Amendment, Democrats in an election year wanted to stay pretty quiet about that. They seem to have um, removed the tape over their mouths. Do they think the Second Amendment curtailments are a winning issue for them or maybe they just issue generically of gun violence? How, how does that issue play out for the bases? Yeah, so I, I think that the left and particularly the progressive base of the left thinks that uh, anything that animates them somehow animates the broader body populace. That's the problem. And they either have forgotten about or have given up on middle America that they lost to Trump and they'll probably never regain with all the things that they're doing and continuing to do. That's part of it. Um, obviously, the Supreme Court came down and made a very consequential decision on the Second Amendment as well yesterday. Uh, once again, with the left decrying, well, the role of the Supreme Court, and that wasn't the point. Uh, but again, uh, they failed to forget, you know, not you don't have to go far down the amendment list to get to the to the Second Amendment and that role. And Frankly, there's a lot of disagreement about and, and a lot of healthy discussion on, well, what do we do to, to stop these horrific things that are happening? Um, but it's not. I mean, look, even around all of these things, the gun issue is still not a top issue in the sense of top three or four. There's just so much other pressures from an economic perspective and for us here as a border state from an immigration perspective. But if you go to rural Arizona or, frankly, just law-abiding, gun-carrying citizens and you have a party that, once again, there's an extreme. It's either everything is taken away from you. Or we have oblivion. Like those are the two extremes that they have. They're going to choose the party that doesn't just want to rip things out of their hands and have no even conversations about it. George, sometimes Republican candidates are hesitant to be asked about these what we have called social issues. But abortion is one of them. A lot of them have run from. And it seems like Either we have found our, our – our, our, in Yiddish, we would call them kishkis, our guts on this issue, uh, or we have uh, uh, flexed our muscle in a way that, that that day seems to be over. And more and more Republicans do seem to be willing to talk about it. They're not as cowed. They're not as afraid of the issue or the response to the issue. I know you encourage them to talk more about it because we think it's uh, it's a conversion issue, quite frankly, and we think it's a, it's a central issue to who we are as a people. There's no point in being uh, a Republican if you're not going to stand up for life. But, but am I right about this? Is the Republican Party getting better at uh, at, 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 on the issue of willing to speak for the pro-life cause. I know people like Kathy Herod, you, I, we have encouraged them to do so. They've been hesitant. It seems that hesitancy is fading. Is that right? The hesitancy is fading. And frankly, it's because we're talking about it better. We're armed to talk about it better. Look, it's it's nerve wracking to get asked, well, what do you do if there's a you know, rape or incest situation, what do you do, right? Those are, those are difficult things to unpack. And there's political candidates, uh, i.e. Uh, the gentleman uh, who ran against Claire McCaskill, whose name we don't know and remembers, right? Because in a wave year, he lost to a Democrat in the state of Missouri for this reason, uh, uh, Akins. Uh, that's a problem. And so when you talk about it poorly, it can go really horribly. But what, and again, President Trump did and others had been attempting to do, and he really blew it up on the scene, which is, no, like these cultural issues matter. What we do with our children, what we teach our children, what happens with guns and life and curriculum and critical race theory and all of the things that you spend a lot of time unpacking on the show, those are all central to the psyche of an individual alongside the economic issues and taxes. And, and we're not split brain people. We don't have our economic brain and our cultural, social brain. They're all together. And, and we as human beings and voters, we want to analyze all those issues together. And we're beginning to do that better as a party. But we're talking about it from our emotions and from our heart and less from our brain. You know, it's um, it's I think worth reminding people that 
in our lifetime, probably the two presidents that understood American culture better than anyone were Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. Part and parcel of of for that is that they were part of it, both in 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 business and in and in public speaking, and in, of course in the entertainment world. And they also ended up being the two probably most pro-life presidents in our lifetime as well. People now look back at Reagan and think he was kind of a, a genteel, kind of moderate Republican. He was the only sitting president to write a book while in office, and that book was titled Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation. He published a book on the pro-life cause as president. And when people think of what constituted the Reagan Democrat, it was in large part the Michigan voters who were with him on the life issue, life and uh, race issues, affirmative action issues, as it was discussed in those days. Same with Donald Trump. I have no idea why Republicans want to um, what would would think that these are issues we should shy from when it turned out they were the issues that brought Democrats to us in the first place. The Democratic Party also used to have a huge pro-life segment to it. I mean, the real problem was Jerry Ford in 1976, not Jimmy Carter on this issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, it's because I think that as, as Republicans and frankly, both parties, we ceded control of the parties to, uh, I don't know, I'll call them uh, elite establishment sure. insiders. And I'm going to use that term very loosely to just to denote anyone that wants just stability over all else right. uh, to, to, you know, to heck with actual values and issues. We're not going to be really tethered or anchored to anything. We just want stability and, and, and just even keel. And that was a big problem. We know that those that rabble rouse, and I, again, bring up his name often, a Governor DeSantis, there's tremendous strides that have been made in Florida, and yet he's rabble rousing. There's ways to do both. There's ways to do it accurately. We want a fighter. We want someone to storm the hill. We want a brave heart. We want someone to be able to lead, though. We need both of those things together. And again, whether it's life, whether it's guns, whether it's the immigration issue, parents' rights, curriculum, what's happening in our schools, school choice, if we may, we're on the precipice of a huge victory here in Arizona to allow all children to be able to access the educational options that best fit their needs. Those would not be possible without courageous Republicans, frankly. Uh, that's standing up. Unfortunately, I wish there were courageous Democrats that were willing to stand up on any of those issues. And so far, we have not seen many, if not any, uh, in the state of Arizona. Yeah, I don't think they've uh, since or nationally since Jimmy Carter, they haven't nominated a pro-life candidate. But all the Democrats up until then were pretty much, I mean, to the degree that it was an issue. I mean, people make fun of George McGovern. He happened to be pro-life at the time when he was running for president in 1972. And Jimmy Carter, of course, uh, had the support of people like Jerry Falwell, uh, I think mostly for religious reasons. He let them down and it led to Reagan. But that was the Democratic Party once, a time, once upon a time. And I think it's 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 now uh, open for us to take all those Democrats if we can. George, you had mentioned you mentioned bring up Ron DeSantis. You had mentioned that corporate America is going to get involved in this issue now. Corporate America is probably sitting down trying to figure out its messaging because they feel that we need to hear from them on abortion. Uh, Ron DeSantis took that on too, and I think he won. Can we do it again? Can we do it again? And can we do it nationally? Because corporate America has become, along with the media and Hollywood and education, perhaps the next most biggest woke institution. Talk about that when we come back. Absolutely. I'm Seth Liebson. He's George Kaloff. We have some callers on hold. We'll get to you, and there's room for more. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 
960, George Kaloff, political consultant extraordinaire, is with us in studio. He's the managing partner of the Resolute Group, the Resolute.group. Is that right? Correct. How do you guys do that? It used to be dot-coms, and now you guys, you, you figure <laughs> things out. The Resolute.group, also president of Data Orbital. Uh, Steve is in Tempe. Steve, hi. You're on with uh, George Kaloff and me. Hi, George. Hi, Seth. Welcome. Hi, Hi, Steve. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me on. I just, I, this is uh, obviously a very important day, and and I, I was just thinking about it earlier today that we've actually been waiting three decades for this decision to take place that should have taken place uh, three decades ago, and that being the the time period that, if you recall, this decision did come up for a vote with the Supreme Court, and unfortunately, George Herbert Walker Bush had just appointed David Souter to the Supreme Court. This was his first major decision that he had to make, and we didn't know how he was going to vote. We obviously found out, and he happened to be the deciding vote in in um, keeping that decision in place for the next you know thirty some years. So this is this is great that we're able to finally do this. And um, one of the couple of things that I wanted to add to what you guys were saying related to this, I think that moving forward, everybody's talking about, well, how is this going to affect the midterms? Is this going to affect it negatively as as, uh, it relates to Republicans and, you know, this red wave that everybody's predicting? And I I don't see it. I, I see it going the opposite direction of what, the other people are saying, you know, where it might be a negative impact, and that being, I think the majority of the American public we're going to see is, has been against abortion and has swung against abortion, and I think we're going to see that in the election. And the other thing I wanted to point out, too, related to that is the thing that I'm really looking forward to with the decision today being being turned back on the states to make that decision for each individual state. We haven't seen a spotlight on this, on what abortion is exactly for a long time. And we're going to see that now. We're going to see, we're going to find out what ultrasound is. We're going to find out what, what third trimester abortion is. And we're going to see all, see it in, in the light as opposed to having it, you know, the left, you know, having being decided law in their favor and not having to do that. Uh, Steve, I think you're making a good point. Let me put you on hold for a second, get George's reaction to this. George, you know, Steve is making a, a, a point that's attended to another point I wanted to make, which is when the Democrats talk about abortion, you brought this up earlier, they, they will always raise the issue of rape or incest. And they will never talk about the 98 percent of the cases that we are talking about when we're talking about Roe versus Wade. And it seems to me when you have to argue about the asterisk of the policy rather than the major part of the policy, you're already losing. But they have convinced people of this lie, people who haven't been forced to look at what is taking place here. I think Steve has a point. I think people, especially in this new world of social media where people can research, I mean, we haven't – we Planned Parenthood – 
and road, there was no internet when those things came out. People can now look and see what we're really talking about. And I think, I think the Democrats, it's mostly a Democratic issue, the pro-choice side, I think they're afraid of the truth on this. Yeah. I mean, look, they realize that science uh, leapfrogged them. Yeah, it outran out them. Exactly. Right? So right. we knew it was a child. We knew this child felt pain. Now we know when child, you know, when children, you know, grow fingers and toes and eyeballs and heartbeats and all that stuff. And so then they turn to what? They turn to these, dis, you know, they turn to dishonest, uh, dishonest rhetoric. They turn to these sub, sub, sub issues that are very difficult to navigate and then made them the, the poster children to it. Uh, and then they just started outright saying, well, it doesn't matter. A woman, you know, it's, it's irrelevant to science, irrelevant baby. You're not baby. It's my body, my choice, right? Uh, except for anything else. Right. Just with this abortion right. issue, it's my yeah. body, my choice. Yeah. And then they went with it. So 100%. And again, uh, they cannot hide. I'll say this way. They cannot hide in the darkness. There's a lot of people with a lot of money that are going to uh, put a light on this topic because it's a big deal that we're going to continue to unpack as a society. And now it's back at the place where it should be with the people and their elected representatives. Bottom and, line. And, and on top of that, we now know we can win. We have momentum for the first time in, what would you say, probably 30 or 40 years. A we have time. momentum. I'm Seth Liebson. He's George Kaloff. 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. If you're looking for a really unique investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors all in a collateralized and secure portfolio. They're in the business of helping people dig out of debt the right way by actually paying off their debts and seeing great benefits along the way, including FICO Score Recovery. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y-R-E-F-Y.com, local company. You can uh, visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just uh, talk about what they do and let it speak for itself. Investyrefi.com. George Kaloff, a political consultant and uh, pollster, is uh, our guest in studio, uh, the Resolute Group and uh, Data Orbital. George, you had mentioned a couple segments ago, I meant to return to this, because you're not the, uh, I, I don't think, I, I don't think you're going to be a lone voice in predicting that a lot of corporate America is now going to get involved, probably due to pressure from lobbyists and Democratic Party groups on this Supreme Court decision. It's an interesting thing. I'm trying to think of other Supreme Court decisions corporations might have been involved in here and there. Nothing comes to mind, but they're probably going to get involved in the messaging on choice versus life. Uh, and it's it's. You know, it's a, it's an interesting fight. Ron DeSantis took on a major corporation. I think he won. He fought Disney, and Disney lost. Uh, I I I don't know where to go for, with that from here, though. It's going to be interesting to see when Coca Cola puts out its messaging, uh, when Nike puts out its messaging. But I'm pretty sure they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not just progressives, for example, that use Uber and Lyft. So if Uber and Lyft are going to end up, quote unquote, dying on the hill of spending money or paying, I should say, spending corporate money and paying for people uh, to transport them to have abortions, it's going to have an impact. Now, look, a conservative like me may not have another option other than Uber and Lyft, but the market will create one. We know and we have seen that happen because people aren't just going to stand by when folks do this. Now, look, I don't want to just rail against every company under the sun because there's a lot of companies that are great, but there are business organizations, and I'm going to pick on the U.S. Chamber for a second, who chose a number of years ago to take a very specific tact, uh, and the membership's going to end up paying for it. There's just no doubt about it. And if a company's going to choose to go all in on opposing on a very 
a very polarizing issue, there's going to be an impact to them. Now, look, Disney's going to be fine, but they did lose that fight. And that right there in a body, by the way, of a lot of elected officials that have capitulated, Ron DeSantis showed that you could take it to the quote unquote man to his state easily, his state's biggest economic driver and say, hey, tough, there's going to be a price to pay. And not just did he win, he won in spades. That should be the roadmap for our movement moving forward, not the roadmap of capitulation the second that business comes in and you know pushes back a little bit. Is the next ground of battle or maybe the present ground of battle for this um, – I gosh knows I'm getting a lot of this out of Scottsdale. You're probably seeing a lot of it throughout the state. The school board fights. The school board fights seem to be ground zero for the cultural fights right now. I'm pleased to see it. Uh, I'm pleased to see education become an issue again. It used to be uh, atop the concerns of Americans in the 80s, as did drugs. They were gone for a while. They're back. They're not the number one issue, but they're not they're not bottom tier anymore either, are they? No, no, they're not. And again, we don't want them to be bottom tier. Right. We also, as Republicans, abdicated, and I've said this yep. on, on the show before, we abdicated school boards. We said, well, that's not, it's not for us to worry about. But then we came back a decade and a half, two decades later, said, but what the heck? None of these public schools are with us and none of these teachers are with us. I'm like, but you, we, we abdicated it, right? And so we need to engage, and it is so good, so good to see. And I know some of them have been on your show. So yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good to see so many good people across the state, across the country, frankly, that are running and winning on school boards. Um, on what messaging? On messaging that says, look, if you're a parent who sends your kid to public schools, like my parents sent me and my sister's, you should be able to dictate and determine what your kids learn. Oh, my God, shocking, right? We're not talking about school choice because this is a public school school board. You can't talk about private schools and running for public school school board, but we should be able to be in charge of what our kids learn. That's a big freaking deal, and it is now in the forefront of people's minds. And, yes, I know we always refer back to what happened in Loudoun County in Virginia. It doesn't always have to be that way, but there are wins that are happening across the nation, and the left is scared. Why and how do you know? Because they are now paying attention once again to these uh, to these types of races that they just had on Monopoly, and they didn't even consider. total Monopoly. That we we didn't show up, and they thought they owned it, which is why they felt that it was okay to sick the Department of Justice on us over over the yeah, issue and call of, parents show. domestic terrorists <laughs> yeah. or whatever they did. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, they thought that was just fine to do because they thought that was their territory. Yeah, absolutely. They were these were no go places for Republicans. I'm glad we're there. But on that point of top issues, you brought up a few times. It's immigration still. Yes. Election integrity, immigration, the economy. What is uh, it? Immigration, the economy, inflation is a is a, actually a very close number two now. Uh, and again, when you're talking with Republicans, uh, then it's a whole smattering of other things. When you're talking the broader general election, it's I would say is now jobs in the economy, inflation, immigration. And depending on what the third issue is, uh, it hurts to pay five, six dollar gas. It hurts to pay um, double your price for groceries, and everyone is feeling it now. And it is now a big deal. And with now what we're hearing from D.C. about how a recession is or isn't inevitable, depending on the day that you hear from Jerome Powell or Janet Yellen or someone else, that's frightening to people. There's well, talk of recession again for the first time in a long time. That, that's right. There's the talk of recession. But there's also, if you listen to the people the administration is putting out there on this, whether it's Jennifer Granholm or Joe Biden, interestingly enough, they're not putting out Kamala Harris. Uh, they are putting out John Kerry a little bit. They they, they they come off as 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 completely cold to what the American people are, seem to be feeling right now, whether it's at the grocery store or at the gasoline station. They seem to be callous towards it. And it seems to me I mean, let me let me start this sentence again. I have always thought it 
a bad idea to assume we're going to win an election. But it does seem to me if gas is going to be frozen at above $5 and the groceries are going to be frozen with these higher prices, particularly we know this in Arizona, it seems to me there is not really very much room for the Democratic Party to look towards any major wins in November. All caveats aside, it just seems to me with gas at this at this level, who is going to vote for who is going to vote for the party that brought them this? Yeah, look, Seth, they're the party that they always say the party of the working class and the party of the little guy, and and they're the party of empathy and emotion. And they, you're right, they have no emotion. Gas is too high. Don't drive. Uh, they're groceries, telling us to buy electric cars. Yeah, I mean, they're bragging are, about how easy it was with an electric car. Who wants to hear that? Exactly. Groceries are too expensive. Eat less. Uh, oh, my God, your Thanksgiving or your Fourth of July hot dog meal is 50 cents cheaper. I mean, it's they are off the charts, out of tune. And look, there is something about – we're not going to sit here and psychoanalyze you know, every, every elected official, but there's something about an election official that actually feels the pain right? Yeah, like of, yeah. of, the, of the normal person. I was going to say Bill Clinton might have been one of the third presidents in our yes. lifetime who understood our culture. But yeah. – Look, For that reason, voters want to be able to have the elected officials put themselves in their shoes. And right now, there's none of that. Yep. There's none of that. And again, they're not in the minority. They are leading. That means they cannot afford to be callous, even announced. And they are. And it's because I think that they really it's like they're, they're dismissive of of America's because they're like, look, we're actually worried about real things like drag queen shows and all this other stuff that they're trying to shove down our throats. We can't get to your measly gas prices and grocery bills. That's no good. Or to the border that we're derelict in protecting. It's almost as if they're saying, don't you understand we're trying to save the environment and it's going to be painful. I mean, they are basically saying that. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to save the environment, which is another existential threat, another crisis they've thrown. I'm Seth. He's George. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Let me thank George Kaloff, who is still with us uh, for this last segment, for joining us for the past hour. Right on cue, uh, a friend of ours, listener Steve, just sent us this article from the Washington Examiner. George, here's the headline. Disney, J.P. Morgan, and other corporations pledged to cover abortion travel costs. Several companies have vowed to cover their employees' costs of abortion-related travel after the Supreme Court struck down for Roe versus Wade. Uh, just minutes after the decision came down from the high court, the Walt Disney Company said it too would cover employee travel expenses for abortions. We were just talking about this. Um, there's a couple points to it. I'll, I'll, I'll take your reactions first. Yeah. Uh, social issues aren't important to companies until they are. Mm-hmm. And they're important in the way they want them to be important, yep. but not in the way that we would want them to be important. So let's not be hypocritical. Let's say that they're important. Let's just say that you disagree. And then we can argue about that premise. But we have spent a number of years, if not a decade more, saying corporate America, oh my God, we just want stability. This isn't stability. You've now waded into the hottest, like the hottest social issue of our time easily, bigger than guns and bigger than anything else. And you've chosen to do so. So don't tell me that you want stability. Just say that you're not pro-life and you don't believe in those because you're going to kowtow to whatever progressive mob is within your your ranks. Levi Strauss had this uh, uh, in San Francisco. There's a woman named Jennifer Say. She was the president of brand marketing. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen some of her stuff around. And she was trying to get them to um, get them to uh, get the schools to open up uh, back in San Francisco and um, and 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 give um, 
and uh, give parents uh, the right to send their children to school. And the company told her, we don't get involved in political issues. And then she showed them political issue after political issue after the political issue Levi Strauss did get involved in, including obviously things like gay marriage and Mm -hmm. uh, 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 needle exchange type programs. It was just that when it came to her issue or that issue, which for some reason it was deemed a conservative issue, she ultimately got fired. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. They don't care about social issues unless it's their social issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, again, they want they want the world and our country to look a certain way and they're choosing to do so. I just want everyone to clearly understand that that's what they're doing. If Walt Disney's choosing that and there, then there are repercussions, there has to be repercussions. If J.P. Morgan Chase is choosing that, then there has to be repercussions. Let's not pretend that they don't care about social issues and they're trying to keep everything even. There's another thing here, too, they have to be a little bit careful with, um, and it's going outside and co- and getting their story straight and then coming back in the room with a single narrative because while Nancy Pelosi and AOC is saying the Supreme Court just endangered the lives of all women and took away abortion rights in this country, it, it seems to me that where these companies are saying, no, we, we'll pay for your travel to get a legal abortion, they're not exactly on the same page. I don't know where they're going to send them. In America, maybe the travel is abroad. Maybe they can – where would they go for abortions? They're yeah. going to pay for their employees to go to abortions it, abroad if Nancy Pelosi yeah. is right? Imagine that. Fear <laughs> tactics and fear mongering from the left. Who would have thought that that's what they were using to try to combat – pro-lifers and mixed messaging with a dollop of hypocrisy on top george kaloff you're the best until next week thank you sir godspeed thanks seth i'm seth liebson we will be right back monologue coming up and uh former federal prosecutor jim trusty with his perspective on what the supreme court did we'll be right back three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.